0: so it's been
1: yeah it's been a lot of weeks
0: so last time we recorded yeah it would have been (coughs) like the 26th or 7th maybe and then Mm -hmm. yeah exactly watched quite a bit since then
1: yeah a lot of variety too and um i I don't know how much you got to of the overlap but i watched four of the six i I think i did all of them
0: four too yeah yeah Uh, I, i did four of them
1: I was going to watch, today I was going to watch A Port- Portrait of a Lady on Fire after I finished The Mule, um, but I was like, I need to take a break and not watch another movie.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of those two that was, um, I couldn't decide whether to watch that or Last Tango in Paris, and last night I started Last Tango in Paris, um, and then I finished it today. But uh...
1: Same, it took me a couple couple sittings.
0: Yeah, I needed to take a take a break in the middle of that one. But uh, well, I guess yeah. we could talk about that one first.
1: Yes, totally. It's fresh. uh very fresh in my mind. Yeah, Last Tango <laughs> in Paris, uh the Marlon Brando Bernardo Bertolucci flick that uh yes, is highly talked about. Um came out the same year as The Godfather. Um i knew i found out today because i was like looking it up as i was watching it
0: yeah. um and highly yeah. uh controversial yeah in and it's 70s.
1: very un- and it's that's very understandable because it's a <laughs> fucked up film <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it,
0: it is yeah it's super dark, erotic film super yeah, dark really, yeah definitely a lot of moments where i was uh i was trying to remind myself that it's a movie because I was definitely there were definitely moments where I didn't think it was. Um, I think if it came out today, it obviously wouldn't be as controversial. But there were still some scenes where I was super uncomfortable mm-hmm. watching yeah. Marlon Brando just kind of be really predatory. <laughs> um, I, who knows? Yeah. It might still be controversial today. You, know you Kind of reminds
1: stuff. me of in a way, and I think this might have hold more truth than just like. Then what um than just like a random like it reminds me of um it reminds me of uh yeah I like so I think Sofia Coppola uh, like said that like like Bernardo Bertolucci was a big influence on like her film Lost in Translation. And mm. I think this film kind of reminded me of a very fucked up, not charming Lost in Translation. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's a really good point. Like a really yeah. dark version of that in a way.
0: I totally see that. Yeah, because I, I really like Lost in Translation, but yeah. at no point was I... Was I uh Like afraid of Bill Murray and that, yeah, yeah, uh, And yeah. his relationship with Scarlett Johansson, yeah, yeah
1: and it's very like lots of translations, like super existential too and stuff. But like I think I feel like it's like a diff, almost like a different vision of, uh, of this kind of movie where you're ta- instead of taking like you know the great no the greatest actor ever you're just taking like maybe the most loved actor actor ever and um (laughs) yeah you you know just changing up the tone a hell of a lot um yeah I, i felt like just structurally um and just uh the very idea of the movie i saw a lot of um a lot of comparisons between those two um but yeah, The uh, Last Tango in Paris is still a whole, uh, it's a still a whole nother thing altogether.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't think of that, but that totally makes sense of that, um, that she was influenced by it for Lost in Translation. I
1: think in her Oscar speech, she like, at the end she sa- of her speech, she says, where she wins best screenplay, she says, "I'd like to thank like these filmmakers." And she says, "I think she says Bertolucci and like Godard and um, like I don't know Michelangelo Antonioni." I think and yeah. And so I would like after watching this, I can totally see that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I was also seeing that. Obviously, Marlon Brando is can be kind of a difficult person to work with or could have been yeah uh but Bertolucci tried to pitch the movie to him as like he's just playing himself but mm-hmm. um sort of a, a man in this scenario but there's no real like specific um I guess dialogue for him to say that a lot of it could be yeah yeah improvised and
1: yeah and you can see there's a lot of scenes where he's um which I think is the film's like biggest strength is that it's very open and allows Brando just to like, like uh, just talk, about just talk. Yeah. And, like And that's when it's like super compelling.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of times when he's just sort of muttering. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like my you're... wife
1: and I went to yeah. the grocery store and you're just like, <laughs> you're, you're still engrossed like, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He is, he is really great in this. I mean, it's like peak Brando, but man, it's towards the end when he's talking about like bestiality and, <laughs> uh, and, and chasing after, uh, Maria Schneider, it was just, yeah. yeah. Then it turned it was almost like a horror movie at some points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's too dark to like, um, it's too dark for me to like relate to something like this or for anyone, uh, to yeah. relate, uh, to something like this. Um, I, I thought the film had like a lot of uh, like really brilliant a lot of brilliant stuff, but that, that mm-hmm. which kind of reminded me of another Bertolucci I saw called the conformist Um, Just ha- has a lot of brilliant camera work like uh, just a lot of things that Really stand out and keep you on the edge of your seat, but as like a person when it comes for like Finding a personal connection to keep you uh, in it. It I, I just like did not relate to the film I just felt um i just felt like it was trying to uh be above me or something like that uh Mm -hmm. you know like i I just i felt i just felt it was a little pretentious at times and um i think that can you can foretell that when you look at a film like this like like it's (laughs) if you look at it's like cover or even it's like opening credits i think you could automatically predict this is going to be a very pretentious film
0: (laughs) yeah totally it was. It's definitely really well made, well acted, and everything. Yeah, like every
1: shot is like amazing. Yeah, like it's really well constructed. It's just like overall, I think like thematically and uh, like the philosophy of the film is just. Uh, I think just Bertolucci is like a pretty fucked up guy.
0: Definitely. Yeah. yeah definitely.
1: <laughs> you know, and a lot of filmmakers are really fucked up. You know that I really like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why I like them. But I think Bertolucci is just a little a little much for like anybody, you know. I, I like yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was obviously well made and well acted. It's yeah. it's not one that I'm going to go back to. Uh doesn't really make me feel great watching <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're having a down day, I wouldn't say watch The Last Tango in Paris, but uh yeah. It kind of yeah. reminded
1: me of this one Godard film called Contempt where you've probably seen the cover of contempt it's got like the blonde french girl yeah it's on my criterion list yeah yeah, yeah. seen that image Yep, and um yeah maybe uh this comparison will sway you from not watching it <laughs> because it reminded me of last tango in paris a little bit and uh just in how it was and, and also contempt has a uh, side plot with a filmmaker like a film director and it, and it like takes a lot of like you know influence from like american film from you know classic hollywood and shit like that and mm-hmm. um yeah it just it just also felt it just felt like very uh pretentious to me and i uh, it it
0: uh felt similar to this in ways hmm. yeah interesting i could see that it's still uh it's one that i've been wanting to watch for a while but, so
1: it's still very, it still was very, I thought it was very like worth seeing, you know, just to say yeah. I've seen it and um, cause, and cause Brando is pretty fucking phenomenal. He's always, yeah. uh, he's always great to watch and he's given a lot of, he's good and he's just given a lot of, uh, freedom to go crazy in it. Literally.
0: Yeah. He, he really does. Yeah. It's definitely worth a watch for any, any, uh, I guess movie fan or cinephile just for Brando's performance it's one of his more iconic performances I guess so
1: yeah just not a just not a fam just not a family movie night no don't watch it on Christmas no not a Christmas movie (laughs) oh I think one more thing is like I one of the things I always heard about this movie was before we uh watched it was that uh Bertolucci kind of like abused both actors
0: yeah (laughs) on
1: set in order to get those performances and scenes out of them um which is probably one of the things i should have brought up at the beginning (laughs) but uh, i'll bring it up at the end yeah so and then and like you said there's a lot of scenes uh that made you uh very uncomfortable (laughs) which is probably what this guy was going for uh, as he abused his act made his actors very uncomfortable on set and yeah
0: yeah i was reading that um I think her name is Maria Schneider.
1: Yeah, I think a spe- specifically her, he, the yeah. the director.
0: Went she was after not a her. fan of of <laughs> making this movie, <laughs> and I could believe it from watching it. Yeah, I could believe that she might not love that she was like involved. Like if you're,
1: yeah, you're you're getting distro- like abused by both the main actor, the director. Like, yeah,
0: and because the, there were certain times where I almost felt like, uh, like I just wasn't happy with the movie because I felt like. There was no point to some some things that she would do other than exploiting her for, yeah, you know, it's just, just like, an Bran- erotic game. Marlon Brando's,
1: yeah. just this is good because it's bringing me, bringing me back to a lot of scenes that I totally scrape from my memory, but I'll bring back <laughs> now. <laughs> like Marlon Brando, like asks her like stick her finger up his ass, and then he asks like I forget he keeps asking her some question over and over again.
0: Oh yeah! Like I forget
1: what it is. He's like, "Are you gonna give me Uh, this or something like
0: that?" Yeah, I did not like that. And then
1: he (laughs) he's constant, yeah, (laughs) and he's constantly calling her a cunt while she's on the bed. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, "We can just fuck on the floor," (laughs) and they go fuck on the floor. Yeah, and yeah, they just the scenes to be. I don't think those scenes were necessarily like. (laughs) thought through it seems like just you know a lot of things that just like happened you know
0: yeah definitely definitely well
1: yeah yeah it's the last thing
0: on paris if you don't know anything about the movie you probably are you really d- curious now about you it. know <laughs> after this discussion <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a weird
1: <laughs> weird fucking film
0: yeah well that's
1: a good one to start with i guess yeah that's a good one <laughs> to
0: start with and get out of the way what uh What else have you seen then? What's one that yeah that I saw that I saw
1: on my own? I I I, I got a good one. I got a man. I have so many. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the first one though is a very interesting film to talk about. I'm looking forward to talking about it. It's a Oliver Stone football epic called Any Given Sunday. Oh, um, yeah. It's I have like, not seen any
0: given Sunday. Yeah. It's
1: like 3 hours. <laughs> and it's like I wouldn't even say it's like based off of um in reality of professional football. Like I wouldn't say this is totally like it's somewhat based off the NFL, but it it's totally like a a little almost like a fantasy like version of professional football. Like th- it's almost like hmm. this is the way oliver stone and these writers see football or almost like they wish football was like this um gotcha like do you ever play that ps4 game blitz the league
0: oh i've played that yeah Yeah, so it's like it's kind
1: of like that where football (laughs) is like super violent and super corrupt and just and, and like yeah, just that super violent, yeah. super corrupt. Like Cameron Diaz is like the owner of this Miami team. Uh, Al Pacino is the coach, um, and Jamie Fox is the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of who else is, and, and they actually also got like real football players, I believe, to be the coaches. I don't really know what. Um, football like, like old football players like really look like because i'm not that big on the nfl as much uh so i i wouldn't be able to point out what roles they play but i know Ra- lawrence taylor uh played a role mm. in this movie i believe he was like the defensive coach or something like that um so yeah uh I'll, I'll, there's a lot to unpack in this three-hour movie <laughs> um, basically like Cameron Diaz is like father owned the team and had like a working relationship with Al Pacino who, who won like multiple championships, but now the team sucks. So there's like all this pressure from Cameron Diaz on Al Pacino to like, you know, turn the season around. But, and then, uh, also Dennis Quaid is like the Tom Brady, like, you know, like the, the quarterback who's been with the team forever and has all the respect and tenure. Dang. But Jamie Foxx kind of comes in when he gets injured and just starts to like tear up the field, you know, and he does everything kind of like out outside the lines, you know, not in uh, like he doesn't follow the plays. He like changes the plays at the line of scrimmage and he's always, yeah. and he's always running with the football. So, and so like at the time, this is like a huge deal. Cause they're like, black guys aren't quarterbacks and don't run with the football so that's kind of that's kind of a thing that plays into it and Jamie Foxx is kind of like the the anti-corporate football player you know he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like the the pro players he's like LeBron before LeBron you know he's like he's like anti the owners and he says all these like cocky things in the media and uh-huh. Al pa- and Al Pacino's all uh, Al Paci- He's a loose cannon. Yeah yeah exactly. And Al Pacino's all like You gotta learn to win and lead (laughs) and love the game. And so there's all this, there's all this, there's all this stuff going on. And, 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 and there's also corruption. There's also corruption where Cameron Diaz like wants to get her players hurt (laughs) like run them into the ground so that they can't so that they can't play next season yeah there is so much going on in this
0: movie um you could argue that the actual nfl is just as violent and corrupt yeah you you can depending on the way you look at it it's almost but this
1: almost it like really intensifies it and like puts into a move into a big like movie you know like (laughs) oliver stone epic also james woods is the trainer (laughs)
0: Really? yeah he's the trainer wow what a cast
1: yeah it's an insane cast and like it's a very like flawed movie in a way but i thought it was like for three hours i i just was super entertained um and i thought it was like a very it was cool how ambitious it was um and it was really cool to see al pacino as a football coach (laughs) like it was that's like the main reason why i wanted to watch it oh Um, yeah and yeah and pacino kind of he kind of carries the movie Mm
0: -hmm. in a
1: way and it builds towards this amazing locker room speech at the end that you probably have seen clips of somewhere definitely Um, yeah i've seen clips of that Mm -hmm. it's the main reason why i watched the movies i wanted to see that speech um and it does not (laughs) disappoint um I will say Cameron Diaz is not very good in this movie. She's very miscast as an. Edit. I was gonna say it was
0: <laughs> the only person that I thought was really strange that you said was Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it's very as an stra- owner.
1: Yeah, it's very strange. Um, and then she's like walking into the locker room after like a game, and all the guys, like all the players, are like, "I want to." fucker and shit <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of dumb and but she's always getting into scream outs with um pacino and who do you think is winning those scream outs you know like when it from an acting standpoint obviously pacino yeah. this
0: guy who's been um, screaming in movies since yeah the 60s yeah but the mo-
1: yeah but the movie is like written to where like cameron diaz is supposed to be like stressing out pacino and it's just like you know she just doesn't um really pose a uh the dominance factor uh that you need in that yeah. uh, dynamic but yeah um i i recommend uh any given su- sunday i i can see if anyone thinks this is a really stupid movie because in a lot of ways it is but i don't know i kind of dug it and um it was uh three hours worth the watch
0: nice well Oliver Stone is definitely one of those guys that has I feel like has so many like grandiose opinions. Yeah. He always he always makes movies that I don't know, try to he makes prove movies a point with like a purpose, yeah. yeah like yeah. like
1: I I think uh I said a natural born killers like the mm-hmm. the last episode and um yeah.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm definitely interested to see, see something that he makes. So cool. Any given Sunday. Yeah. Um, all right. What now? Um, I'll go with one that I saw. This is a while back, like right after our last episode. Um, I watched, I think you've seen it, A Simple Favor. Yes, the, the Paul Feig movie. Paul Feig, yep. Yeah. Uh, Paul Feig, Blake Lively, Anna Kendrick movie. Um, which I, uh, I liked. Yeah, it was I did, a, I thought I did it was, too. Yeah, I thought it was a solid movie. Um, definitely i remember jake the first time i heard about this movie i think jake was on our podcast and oh, he was yeah. talking about was it just, it was you know.
1: probably on one of his lists or something yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and he said it was very like hitchcockian <laughs> yeah um, yeah and it totally is it's yeah. like not and like it's... a
1: movie that you'd expect someone to make today it feels very yeah like it's bringing it's calling back to a mystery or noir from back in the day
0: definitely was yeah Because it's sort of just like these... um, It kind of reminded me of Strangers on a Train. (laughs) These two kind of strangers just meeting... Yeah, totally. um, ...on accident almost, and then one getting caught up in um, the other, like, the evil person's plan. Right. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I thought it was solid. I kind of at the beginning, was getting a little annoyed of Anna Kendrick because I feel like she's always just this little, like, She's always ooh, I'm, so, yeah. I'm so awkward and uh, And I, like have so, I
1: have so much positivity in me, yeah. always.
0: Hi, all you moms out there. Like, As we, yeah, exactly. Channel, As we yeah. saw
1: in uh, the Chris Noel, you know. Noel, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I think uh, towards the end of the movie, though, I started to like her a little bit more. Um, and then... I guess I'll, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to spoil it. But if you really want to see this movie, then maybe skip ahead a bit. But uh, I thought the twist was a little, maybe pre- I don't know if predictable, but just um, tired in a way. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I had, I had just watched a movie recently with the same exact uh, twist yeah. where there's spoilers where they're like twins. And one of right. them sort of well, yeah. takes the idea yeah, yeah. of the other. It's good yeah. you said
1: that because I didn't remember the twist at all.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, technically I think it's the same the same woman who uh, sees Anna Kendrick and befriends her, but um, yeah, she ends up killing her twin sister and staging it like it was her own death. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I felt like I'd seen that before, so that right. that didn't really um, I guess stick the landing as well as i hoped it would mm-hmm. uh but still throughout i thought it was yeah. still a solid thriller yeah i feel um, like it's, I, en- uh, I definitely enjoyed it yeah
1: it's definitely something i could see you liking for sure mm-hmm. for yeah. me it was and like, i did think blake movie... lively was good in it too. oh yeah 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 oh yeah. yeah she was really funny at the beginning and it's not really yeah. something we're used to seeing her doing and i like their dynamic too mm-hmm. um yeah for me this movie was like it was like similar to uh I mean i I wouldn't compare it add that directly, but I, I felt similarly to it as I did with like knives out um like which and I think knives out is um definitely better and um I like it more um but I like it's just a simple favor is very plotty um yeah, which I'm <laughs> which I'm not as you know I'm just not as into the guy whose favorite movie of the year was the plotless beach bum. And the plotless <laughs> "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Um, I'm just not a plot. I'm not a plotty kind of guy. And yeah. Um, and yeah, a simple favor. A lot of a simple favor is like just recalling things that have been said and just kind of reminding the audience of the plot, and so you can like set up a twist and. Uh, which is similar to you know daniel craig going like so then she decided <laughs> you know it's it's just something I'm, i like i just i just like uh i'm i just get bored during moments uh like that mm-hmm. uh so and a simple favor it felt like paul feig was doing that quite a lot um yeah like when the twist happened i was just like i i, I just I was like ah, i don't i don't i don't care you know I, it's just information mm-hmm. you know um yeah But I was
0: almost wishing it that that wasn't the twist because I I started to kind of get the clues. Like uh, I bet because when you start to hear that she's still alive, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, it's probably a twin. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're the,
1: yeah, yeah, you, you watch a lot of, you've seen a ton of Hitchcocks, man. So no twist, (laughs) no twist is getting by you. You can't.
0: Yeah. You can't get past me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I'm definitely, I would, uh, I would say I'm definitely more of a, a plotty person i guess than you or my interests are more in plotty so i do really like the murder mystery type thing but i agree mm-hmm. with you on this i think i think it just gets over plotty yeah they just try yeah to it gets it gets a little over, tired overdo it yeah yeah
1: it was kind of like right after they established uh their character dynamic which i was like really into and then it dove, yeah. like, delved into the mystery where i was like uh
0: yeah mm-hmm. and then i felt like it could have ended sooner than it did i felt like there's just a lot of hmm. back and forth wishy-washy areas towards the end where i thought it was going to be over and i was like oh that you know that's i'm good with that ending but then it sort of kept going and yeah. twisting and turning and yeah um didn't know when to end maybe yeah. but uh still enjoyed it yeah, still, still think good it's for a uh, I would recommend it if you're it's not like super disturbing or anything so if anyone's looking for just a good yeah a uh, little thriller mystery then uh yeah check it out a simple favor all right do we do a uh
1: yeah yeah we should I guess um, a crossover now um there there's so I want to save. Uh, we'll see if you know what I'm talking about. I want to save like the the other really interesting one for last. Uh, I I want you know. (laughs) I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how about we talk about um the sisters brothers? Let's do it. Yeah, which um I uh that was that was a movie that came out. Sisters brothers, a movie that came out in 2018. Uh. It's got a hell of a cast uh, with uh, yes. two of um, everyone's favorite actors starring uh, three of everyone's favorite actors, arguably four of everyone's favorite actors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm uh, recollecting, it's got John C. Riley, um, who's arguably my favorite actor, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, Riz Ahmed, who is he's definitely just um, a guy who I don't think of immediately as one of my favorite actors. Whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this guy.
0: Yeah, totally. I definitely, I've liked everything that Riz Ahmed's done, but he's, yeah, he's not a household name necessarily or you Yeah, think of.
1: you have to, like, watch, um, like, television, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. more so <laughs> to see more of Riz Ahmed. But, yeah, he just pops around in, in movies, and when you see him in a and like a western, like this, uh, it's almost surpri- It's surprising, isn't it? At first, but then you realize, I'm like, oh yeah, he fits in this world like perfectly. He's mm-hmm. so good.
0: Yeah, and if you honestly, if you didn't tell me anything about this movie, just said it was a western with John C. Riley, Walking Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, I would have been like, oh, this is gonna be like my favorite movie ever, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, but, and, uh, uh, yeah, that cast is really... Also, Jake yeah.
1: Gyllenhaal and Rizan Ahmed are back together f- from uh, Nightcrawler. Oh, w- yeah. Yeah, you've seen Nightcrawler? I forgot Have about that?
0: that. Love Nightcrawler, yeah. Yeah, because
1: I, it actually took me a little bit to remember that, too, because uh, I just forgot about Nightcrawler and that those two were uh connected from that movie yeah um
0: Riz Ahmed was like his assistant or yeah you he started helping him out <laughs> yeah whatever, yeah you know?
1: like his like his PA or whatever and <laughs> yeah I forgot <laughs> and they, about they that. have a really great dynamic in the in the movie too like just Riz Ahmed bike mm-hmm. is like clearly like a really desperate guy willing to do anything yeah. for a job and and Jake Gyllenhaal's got this like uh, kind of satirize like mindset of like starting your own like business and stuff. So yeah, I like them both in that movie. And so the fact that they were kind of uh, doing a little like good old fashioned like Western road trip in this movie towards the goal together was like, uh, I liked it.
0: I mean, I just thought John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix um, were great together too. Yeah. It almost felt a little uh, like a comedy at some points between them yeah um but uh john c riley is just one of the most likable guys ever yeah yeah. so that anytime i mean he's he's on screen it's uh it's enjoyable but um this is one i definitely i'd want to watch again too oh i could too yeah and since it's based
1: on a novel i think there's like just a lot of things like probably a lot of just um allegories and stuff that are going on as the story is just unfolding and you know between these all the the four characters as they're just talking together Mm -hmm. and stuff um yeah i also like seeing joaquin phoenix in like a in a not like in a role where he's not like just trying so hard to transform you know because i feel like i feel like that's what we're used to seeing i don't i can't I, I honestly can't think of anything where he's not like transforming like crazy um and so it was nice to see him in a role where you're just like oh that's that's walking phoenix and he's just kind of trying to be like a guy in a western and you know he's not yeah. changing his voice or his look really at all you know it, it's clearly walking phoenix and um yeah there's a lot of you know there's a lot of value in like that type of um acting as well
0: yeah because it's always talked about how he i guess gets into his characters and yeah. he does all this method stuff and mm-hmm. you know the joker he actually like broke his ankle or something like that right um and he does it this so much really... i'm
1: almost like a little tired of it you know because yeah. he's always just going so nuts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like you were never really here and then like the joker and before that he did like inherent vice and shit and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah just it's good to see him chill you know i mean i don't yeah. know i don't know if he that guy can ever chill really but right, in yeah. this in this in this he felt a, a little chill to me he's definitely yeah. the the um the crazy one of the duo <laughs> still oh absolutely you know, yeah. he's all, he's always got a drinking problem and shoot getting in fights and shit yeah
0: yeah, and I think he fit well in that character too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's always people who, um, I mean, aren't huge movie fans, but just know uh, about Walking Phoenix. Just generally think that he's just some crazy, weird guy, which he kind of is. But uh, yeah, just to see him sort of be in this more, uh, more subdued role as just
1: yeah, it's more like a, a classic in a way. Movie, it's nice. movie star role in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this movie looked incredible, I thought.
0: Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. it looked amazing. I've, I was going to look up where it was shot because, uh, yeah, it looked really great. Um, Actually, I, no, I think I did because I, I – I, oh, yeah, I made a note of that. It was shot in Spain, I believe. Really? Which I thought was cool because um, – I'm going to fact check myself because that's where a lot of spaghetti westerns were filmed even though they're – largely produced by like Italian studios. They were mm-hmm. a lot of the times filled and filmed in Southern Spain. So I thought right, that was kind of right. cool that they uh, went back to something like that. I got to fact check myself though.
1: Yeah, I remember when this movie came out, I saw, you know, it's Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. And I ended up not seeing it because I think I heard that I heard like critically, it didn't do well. But then I watch this and I like look on Letterboxd, and everyone seems like they (laughs) who has watched it liked it. So I feel like (laughs) I feel like this is um, not more of a movie for just like people who are more into uh, film uh, in the most classic sense rather than just like anybody going to the movies um, because. I, I, yeah, it's definitely not something that will grab everyone necessarily, and I, it's not really no. meant to like grab you so much, as, you know, so much either. It's uh, it's not as conventional, I guess.
0: Yeah, not one of the more straightforward, I yeah. guess, modern westerns. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah.
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like there's a yeah, it's uh, not as easy to grasp, and it's like, but it's like super watchable and a very competent film.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's one of the best uh, Westerns in the past 10 years or so. The best modern Westerns I've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sisters Brothers, 2018 movie.
1: Which one should I do? All right. My next one is um, As Good As It Gets. Uh, oh, yeah. You've seen it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. James L. Brooks film with uh, Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah, and uh, wait, who else is in it with him? Uh, um, Jodie Foster?
1: Uh, or... No, um, the not her, but the uh, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt.
0: Yeah, it's there. We go. It's <laughs> very
1: similar. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, so I've been kind of going on a run lately of uh, these weird Jack Nicholson movies, uh, where he's just kind of a hunky weird guy in and gets in a romance and the other one was a movie was also a james l brooks movie i forget what that film is uh called um but the other one was something's gotta give which had uh which had diane keaton in it and it's fairly similar to this in which he like, they're kind of like artists and they're well off, but it's like about their problems as (laughs) well off artists. Um, The other film is uh, terms of endearment where Jack Mm. is also a, a hunky guy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I like, despite the, despite that, I think that uh, as good as it gets and terms of endearment and someone's got to give, are weird films i i do like them a lot i liked as good as it gets a lot it was um it was uh fairly entertaining and i thought uh i thought jack was really good in it um playing a role that you would not normally see him uh play where he's just kind of like standoffish and uh kind of has aspers and ocd and he's uh really weird um it definitely yeah. takes some getting used to when you're watching it at first. Um Yeah. Cuz it's definitely
0: a weird a weird movie. It's super And not weird. what I yeah. expected, yeah. Yeah,
1: cuz like Jack Nicholson like totally looks like you know, the coolest guy ever and he like he's a super handsome man, but still <laughs> but like he's also but yet uh Helen Hunt always just looks at him like the biggest weirdo ever and stuff and yeah. that's how he's like he's supposed to come off um but but i i don't know because his performance is so good he kind of does um mm-hmm. he's also very standoffish and something's gotta give in dot Di- with Diane keaton and he i i think he's more just a general asshole in that one like they don't like create that he has some condition uh like in mm. in uh this film but and it, 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 Yeah, it's the same exact thing. He's very standoffish, but he ends up like winning o- her over in the end, and uh, they kind of decide that they love each other like at the very end, uh, which is similar to this, where I think they're going to a Jack Nicholson, and Helen Hunt are on their way to a bakery or something at like five a.m. <laughs> and I think Jack, she's like, I can't do this, and then Jack finally says. Honey, I love you, <laughs> and then they like yeah. embrace, and then it's the end, and it's so like cheesy and stuff. But and a lot of this movie is so um, uh, typical and weird and Oscar baity, and can be made fun of endlessly. But it's like very, it's very good. Like I was very, uh, it got, like you know I fell for all of it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think I saw this at a in my high school psych class. <laughs> I think we watched it. <laughs> we watched this and What About Bob, uh, where Bill Murray has Yeah, like, we watched What About shit, Bob yeah. too. We
1: did not watch this. I <laughs> feel like this is a very shallow movie for a psych class.
0: It was weird. I was I remember being misunderstanding why we're watching it, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. I think uh, it's, what about Bob made a little more sense. It's
1: but, strange yeah. in a psych class in
0: general that they
1: choose two, like, comedies about someone with a mental illness to show yeah. to a psych class. It's kind of odd. Kind of, I
0: didn't really take anything away from watching either of yeah, them. Yeah, like, what is What About of, like, Bob going to
1: teach you about psych? Like, despite, like, obviously he has a psychiatric problem, but it's all, like, about the comedy side to it, you know? Yeah.
0: There's Bill Murray pissing off richard Dreyfus for 90 minutes you know yeah but (laughs) it's weird yeah but uh i remember i remember liking the movie um overall for sure and uh yeah jack nicholson's great in it and so is helen hunt yeah but it definitely it feels like one of these classic like i don't know, late 90s early 2000s movies yeah where jack nicholson yeah. is older and it feels like something uh, that
1: like our parents would have seen you know and yeah like with, yeah. <laughs> which was super relevant to them you know
0: yes yeah exactly
1: it, yeah it's it's a weird run that uh jack nicholson went on but he definitely uh he definitely banked off of it and and it, just the other day like the departed was on tv and i'm just like watching jack in that and it's just like arguably his best role and i'm just like this is just so different and it's like and at the <laughs> same time i'm just like this is what he should be doing but i also like him in yeah. these movies you know it's 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 weird
0: right yeah i was thinking i'd seen something's got to give but i definitely was thinking of as good as it gets so <laughs> oh, yeah. i have seen They're as like good exactly
1: as it gets exactly the same <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Because I just looked at the, I just looked up something's got to give, and it's like I thought I saw that, and was like oh no, I was thinking of as good as it gets. They're basically the same. The only way you could
1: compare them is do you like Helen Hunt or Diane Keaton more? (laughs) Probably. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I
1: will say I've been on a Helen Hunt kind of run uh, lately since I watched What Men Want with Mel Gibson, which also has Helen (laughs) Hunt. (laughs) Uh, She's also the love interest in that, and I've. I haven't seen you know that many Helen Hunts in my day, but now that I've watched a couple, I'm like, dang, Helen Hunts, I'm, wow. a monster actress.
0: All I can think of is Twister, besides the ones oh, you yeah. mentioned. I can't think of any more. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, she's been in a bunch of. Movies, yeah, she's though.
1: pretty great. I see nice. the hype.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I see the <laughs> hunt hype. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, all right. Well, with my next one since we just talked about a western um, I'll go there too with uh, one I've been wanting to see for a long time and it's The Great Silence uh, which is another spaghetti western this time I gotta pull up the director, I can't remember his name because I was going to say Bertolucci but that's a different Italian guy that we watched Corbucci, Sergio Corbucci <laughs> there we go um, still in Uchi. Um, uh, but yeah, Cor- Corbucci is another, I guess, acclaimed spaghetti Western director along with Leone. Um, and I think he might've even had a part in once upon a time in the West. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this spaghetti Western, uh, had a way different feel than the Leone Mm. uh spaghetti westerns it was much more it's um well first of all it's set in like snowy mountains mm. um rather than you know the desert frontier like leone's are um it's much more reminiscent of red dead redemption 2 <laughs> chapter yeah. 1 yep when they're up in the mountains um and uh i guess a modern one to compare it to is um hateful, the hateful eight. eight yeah yep which it's been, um, Hateful Eight has, I guess, been compared to The Great Silence a bit, because the oh, okay. setting cool. definitely plays a role in it as it's sort of you're trapped. Ah, um, you know, yes. it's, it's these people trapped in the snow, in the right. mountains, right. nowhere to go, and it's uh, very isolated. Look at you
1: going down the Quentin Tarantino train.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even realize that until- um, You're watching until it you're middle watching, watching the types this. of
1: movies that Rick Dalton went to go do. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Rick Dalton could have also been in this. Um, and it's it stars two guys that I think are in other um, Corbucci westerns, Klaus Kinski and Jean-Louis Trintignant. But uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that. But I'd uh, like to
1: say I know who Klaus Kinski is, but give me a second to confirm He's uh, got a familiar face. Kaskinski worked a lot with Werner Herzog, and oh. he was in uh, a Guer like he was like his big Werner Herzog's like Werner oh, Herzog's yeah. biggest actor. Uh, he was. You, in, like, you watched that recently? He's in like a yeah. Guer, The Wrath of God, and uh, Fitzcarraldo, and Nosferatu. for uh and looks like he was in a for a few dollars more too.
0: Yeah, I'm just seeing that now too. He's, the He's a
1: legendary yeah. actor.
0: Um yeah, he was he was great in it. Um and so was Jean Louis, who played um Silence. I mean that's all you know of his name. Um but he's Is he like a Clint eastwood
1: this... type character?
0: Yeah, definitely. He's like the mute bounty hunter. Um I guess I don't th- he's not a bounty hunter, he's just they call him a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he's he's the guy shooting hats off people and all of that. Exactly. Um and yeah, he's I'll read the plot. He, he fights in the defense of a group of outlaws and a vengeful young widow, uh, against a group of ruthless bounty hunters. Um, so it, yeah, it takes all these characters much like the hateful late and traps them in sort of this isolated place. And there's definitely a lot of, um, um, I wouldn't say as much since it's not as long as the hateful Eight, but there's a lot <laughs> of waiting is. around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. There's a lot of waiting around wondering, I guess what's going to happen. And right. Um, but uh, I felt like this was much more easy to digest than uh, the hateful eight. Yeah, um, at least for me. The hateful eight but, has like
1: a lot of good things, but I'm always whenever I think about the idea of rewatching, I'm like, no way. No, it way. feels like a job. It's yeah. so long. Yeah.
0: yeah. And this yeah, this definitely it doesn't feel as um, I guess tedious or exhausting as the hateful eight. Um, can be. But uh yeah, you can clearly see the influence and uh yeah, yeah cool. I thought it was really good. It was much uh much more serious in tone than mm-hmm. um you know the Clint Eastwood Leone movies. Mm. Uh yeah, but still uh still really enjoyable and now I think there's a couple others that I'm hoping to watch uh of his too, including one called Django. Um so oh, yeah. Obviously that had to influence uh, yeah. Tarantino for Django Unchained.
1: Yeah. Yeah Tarantino uh, was yeah clearly was probably a fan of corbucci
0: oh yeah absolutely uh yeah that's the great silence yeah i
1: love that rick dalton line where he's like um have you ever seen spaghetti westerns they're terrible nobody <laughs> watches spaghetti westerns <laughs> yeah.
0: That's such. I love when he, in the end, when he goes to, to Italy too and he's starring in the Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, yeah, so, ah, love that movie. That's the end of part one for this episode. We had so much fun talking about what we'd seen recently, so we had to split it up into two episodes, and the next one will drop in just a couple days. So stay tuned for that.